All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. You're listening to Dropping the Gloves with former NHL All-Star John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Everybody, welcome to Dropping the Gloves. Thank you for joining us in this nice, almost March and Monday morning, Tim. We're almost done with February. Thank goodness. Hope everybody had a good, solid weekend, Tim. We were talking before. You you did some DIY projects around. You're becoming such a little man. You know, you bought your first power drill. That's exciting. What? Tell our listeners what Tim, the tool man, Taylor, got up to this weekend. Don't ever call me a what do you call a cool little man or something? You're such you're becoming such a little man. <laughs> oh god. Uh yeah. I bought a new TV on Friday night and then um which is expensive, but I needed a new one and it's a big one. <laughs> which is expensive. <laughs> and then uh yeah, I installed it myself, mounted it, drilled into the whole the wall to drop the cord. So it's like there's no cord showing, which is really great. Uh it looks really good. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. It's it was a most size Saturday. How big? 55 um yeah that took up most of my day but but it was it was a good i learned a lot learned what not to do learned what to do and yeah how was your weekend with the wall mount and a tv that size did you have to do you found obviously one stud those wall mounts yeah they hit both studs 16 inches wide yeah i bought a stud finder too but it's tricky because like one was perfect the other one like every time i did it it was giving me like another inch in a different direction like it kept changing. I would come in one way, it would say it's right there. And I'll come in that way again, it would be like an inch over. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to, I think I know where it is. And I, the first hole I drilled was not it. So the second one, there's some extra holes back there, but. Well, you, you know, usually you can yeah drill a little tester hole and then it's 16 inches off of that. That's how they do the code building is 16 inches on center for the studs. So yeah. You'll learn these things. What kind of drill did you buy? I'm fat. I, I'm like a geek geek with tools. I'm like slowly building my tool empire. What did you get? Um, pretty much the cheapest drill. It was a it's Skill brand S K I L. Um, okay, I never heard of that. Actually, what store did you go to? Some dollar Lowe's. the Dollar Mart Lowe's. 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 It wasn't. It was. It wasn't that cheap. It was like ninety dollars or something. But it was like the cheapest drill that was there. Um, okay. But I was like, I'm not doing construction projects. Just like a little household thing. So it was all I needed um yeah i learned a lot it was good it's got a cord attached to it it's not like a battery powered no it's battery powered nice how many volts are we working with there <laughs> i don't know what's the uh, average what's standard well there's there's mine's at 80 it's it really goes i think it's i have 81 81 volts. 
<laughs> Mine goes to 11, just a little bit better than yours. Well, that's exciting, Tim. You got a TV, a couch, a new apartment. Boy, oh boy, you're just right before my eyes. You're growing up. That's exciting. My weekend, not so exciting. Just busy, you know. Sometimes it's it's nice to just not have things going on. But for whatever reason, my wife booked every single plan we had for the last six months on Saturday. And we were literally bouncing around all day, just like, yeah. I don't like it, but we made it through Sunday's always relaxing. And here we are on a Monday. We did not my, my, my men's league. We made the playoffs. Everybody makes the playoffs, but we, we made, we got a buy. So we didn't have to play this weekend. So that was nice. So I didn't have to go to the rink Sunday night. Now the, the playoffs start next weekend. And this you is where the first, what's up. We finished first? second. There was, there was six teams, the top two. Well, we actually did finish first, but with gold differential, we, this, the team who runs it, Obviously, they came first and they figured out that we didn't score as many goals as they did because they're like really serious about that. So they came first. We came second. We play this week and then we'll play that team in the finals probably because they're really good. And we're we're not as good as they are, but they're, we're right behind them. So we'll see. I think they'll beat us in the finals just because they have more talent than we do. But, you know, who knows? That's why you play the game, Tim. Was this the team that... um you you felt good about beating two years ago, and then they canceled the finals when COVID. Correct. Hit. Yes, yeah. they're my arch nemesis. They really are, and they they have some players on that team. I don't usually. They have a lot of Tom Sestitos on that team, who I just I just don't like. One guy in particular, who I really like. If it wasn't a men's league, I would have taken him behind the woodshed a couple times and shown him what's what. You know what I mean? Like he's just the worst type of guy. Don't even know his name. He's just the worst. And he like says he chirps me. He's like, he he calls me dummy and stuff. He's like, you're such a dummy. And I I lean over to their bench. I'm like, does he know that I like have a mechanical engineering degree? And I'm actually, I'm not saying I'm a genius, but I'm not a dummy. I'm like, does he know anything? And like, you're an embarrassment. And he like says stuff like that all the time. You play in the NHL. I'm like, I know. And you're still trying to fight. I'm like, I don't like you, man. I don't, I don't like you at all. So he's one guy who I really I'm not going to, but boy, if he ever just gave me the, just, just the opportunity. Oh, he's probably talking about you on his podcast too. What a dream it would be. You know, when you have someone in your life who just, and I don't think about him that much. So it's, it's fine. But on Sundays when I go there and I'm, I'm going to play those guys, I'm like, I'm going to break that guy's wrist. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to slash his hand as hard as I can. And we got up by three or four last game. And I, I really, like hacksaw Jim Duggan at one time and turns like, what are you doing? I'm like, stop touching my guys, man. I'm just whatever it is. It's nice to have that one guy who you just don't like playing against. Cause I like the, everybody else on their team. They're pleasant guys and they're really good. He's just a terrible hockey player, terrible person. I don't know. I, I don't know him personally, but on the ice, he's a jerk. So <laughs> whatever. I got in trouble. Someone messaged me like, you're a Catholic. You shouldn't call people terrible. Who are you to judge? I'm like, you're right. This guy is a terrible person. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Let's, let's get into it. So talk about terrible. At the start of the season, Jack Campbell was just, he was the Vesna front runner. He was running away with this. He was everything the Toronto Maple Leafs wanted to be in more. He came in. He had solidified that position for the Toronto Maple Leafs. There was no questions, no ifs, ands, or buts. It was like, okay, Freddie Anderson's gone. Who cares? Jack Campbell. He was playing lights out for the first two, three months of this season. Fast forward to now, we have a goaltender controversy in Toronto. 
And it's not a controversy in the sense who's going to start Mrazic or Campbell, Campbell or Mrazic. It's a controversy in the sense that what are we going to do when we come to playoffs and we don't trust either of these guys because neither of them are playing very well. Campbell's been terrible the last this this whole calendar year in 2022. He's been garbage. Mrazic's been an, a very shaky backup. He he played well the last few seasons when he was you know in a supplementary role, and he's not doing it this year. So what are the Toronto Maple Leafs to do? They have a high-powered offense. Their defense has been playing okay this season. They've had some major lapses, especially when they played the Detroit Red Wings. For whatever reason, Detroit just lights these guys up. What are the Leafs going to do if you're Kyle Dubas? You have invested so much money in the forwards, so much money in the defensemen, and you are you know have this thinking that Jack's going to be able to hold the fort. He doesn't have to be a great goalie. He doesn't have to be the second coming of Felix Potvin. He just has to stop the pucks that he needs to stop. And he's not doing that. It's been game after game after game after game where he's letting in five, four, five, seven. Like it's just, and he has been looking good. What do the Leafs need to do, Tim? Do they have to go out and make a move at this point? Because you still have 30 games left. Maybe this is a blip on the radar for Campbell. Is this a cause for concern with Leaf Nation now? Oh, absolutely. I mean, his, his goals against him this year, 2022, it's letting in three and a half goals a game. Um, and his last six games in particular, you mentioned the Red Wings game, which was just all offense, no defense. And I wouldn't put that all on him, but his last six games, goals against five, four, five, one, two, five. Like some quick math, the average is like four goals a game in, in the last two weeks, last six games. So it's like, I don't know where this is coming from other than the fact that, you know, people were kind of saying during his, again, it was just so good last year in the lockout shortened season. Um, COVID shortened season, I mean, but small sample size. He's never been a starter. He's never been like a long-term guy where he could, you know, just give me the, the reins and I'll run with it. Um, he's done mm-hmm. He's done well in small sample sizes. He's done well in supplementary roles, like you mentioned. And I think maybe the volume is getting to him where he's just like, he's showing his true colors, which is, he's a UFA, by the way, at the end of the season. So he's not helping himself either, which is kind of a bummer for him. But I think if you're the Leafs, you had to look at this objectively and you'd be like, you know what? I don't know if I feel 100% solid. And this team, the stakes are too high for this team to not be, to have a big gaping hole like that. Jack Campbell can be good when he's on, but he is trended downward. I have um, a screenshot of his expected cumulative goals saved above expected, which is basically just like how many goals you're supposed to save. Um, and it looks like a big umbrella. Like it started going, the season grows and grows, tips, and then the last, gosh, 15 games, just worse and worse and worse every single game. Um, so I think... You know, if I'm Toronto, I've got a little bit of cap flexibility now with Muzzin being out. I probably want to add some defensemen, but I, I would not be surprised if they're looking at goalies at the deadline. They have to. I think that's the prudent thing to do. And when you look at Campbell's career, since he's entered the NHL in 2000, we'll say 2018-19, he, he bounced back and forth a few times before then. But 18-19, he made his mark. He started 25 games. A normal amount for backup, you know, you're giving the starter 60, you know, 50, whatever games that is, seven, he's getting 25. That's normal. He, he sees a third of the games. The next year, he gets 26. Normal backup amount. The year after that, he gets 22. That's the COVID-shortened season. He, he starts to see a little bit more at the end of the season. He's gotten 37 starts this year, and we're halfway, halfway through the season a little bit more. So he's got the lion's share of the, of the net time, and you're starting to see it. This guy, for whatever for whatever it's worth, it's hard to be a start in the NHL. You, you, we have to prepare differently. You have to train differently. Mentally, it's different. You have to be just mentally prepared every single night. And I know people say, well, it's not a thing. You know, he, he was a starter in juniors. He was a starter in the AHL. 
He hasn't been a starter in the NHL since he's been here since 2018, 18 and 19. That was four years ago. Coming into this season, did he prepare the same as he did the year prior? Because that's a big difference. If you prepare the same for 26 starts or 22 starts, and all of a sudden you're expected to have 60 starts, that's a big difference. Like you really have to be on your game to be playing a, a goaltender in the NHL through two, three days a week. Like that's, that's a big difference. And at the start of the season, he was playing every single night for Toronto because they didn't have a backup. This guy played, I think the first, what, 12, 13 games, something like that. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he played a, a lot the first month, month and a half of the season. And to me, he's burnt himself out. He's not playing well. He's not tracking the puck. He's not on his angles. He, he just looks like a completely different player. I don't know if he's injured. I don't know what it is, but he is not the same goaltender that they, you know, let skate out there the first month, two months of the season. And it, maybe it is. And I, I think it is. I think it's because he is not physically prepared. He's not mentally prepared. I think he's completely burnt out. And going into the playoffs, you can't have that. You can't be questioning your goaltender. Yes, you can put up four goals, but if you can't keep him out of your net, what are you going to do? And when the Toronto Maple Leafs make the playoffs, we've seen it time and time again, it's going to be locked down your first line. That first line is going to go away, and then it's going to be your next three lines, and you got to have a goaltender. If they don't have a goaltender, it's going to be Toronto Maple Leafs 101 the last four or five years. Okay, our first line's gone. Our defense is going to be garbage. Our third line's not going to score. Our fourth line's not going to score, and we're going to get beat out in six. But that's how it's going to go. They cannot have that happen. I think, in my honest opinion, they need to make a move. They need to make some drastic moves. They got to go out and get potentially Marc-Andre Fleury. That might be the answer. I like them making a trade with the Dallas Stars. This this is my, you know, pie-in-the-sky move for them. They've tried Jumbo Thornton. They've tried Patty Marlowe. They got to go out and get the third ex-San Jose Shark and get Joe Pavelski from the Dallas Stars and Johan Klingberg. Swing for the fences. Get these two guys. It solidifies your defense. It shores up your second-line offense, and we'll get to that in a second, how Toronto's second line is just absolutely invisible lately. Like they, They've been they're not horrible, but they've been terrible. Willie Nylander, Willie Nylander John Tavares, and um, Kashe is a second. You're looking at me like I'm crazy, Tim. I, I think I, you lost me somewhere. You're talking about goalies, right? And you want to go get a forward and an offensive defenseman? I don't think you're going to play defense. I, I, I'm going to bring it around where I don't think you can get a goaltender to fix this problem. Yeah, going out and getting Marc-Andre Fleury is a great thing. I don't think Jack Campbell is your problem. I, I don't think it is. I don't think you're going to get a goaltender who can all of a sudden shore up this team and make them a playoff contender. I think you need to go out and fill the holes that are going to make a drastic difference. I don't think getting someone in who's a little bit better than Jack Campbell is going to make a difference. I like Jack Campbell. I think he will be okay in the playoffs if you give him a little bit of rest. Maybe go out and get him a backup. Go out and get a guy like James Reimer from San Jose. Someone who you know has proven it throughout his career who can come in and be like, okay, if Jack falters a little bit, get Reimer in there. Or um, a Braden Holpe. I mean, just to make a big trade with Dallas. But going back to the Klingberg trade, Dallas wants to get rid of him. Pavs is going to be a UFA. He's a proven commodity. I know he's talking with Dallas about an extension, but if you throw a good package at Dallas right now, Dallas is not going to compete in the playoffs. They might make the playoffs, squeak in on the eighth position in the Western Conference, and you're looking at playing... Um, who's the first in the West right now? One of those teams that Dallas is going to lose to in the first round. Why would you not make this trade? And it actually works out perfectly. If Dallas retains 50% of those guys' salary, guess how much that adds up to? Jake Muzzin's salary. Put Jake Muzzin on the LTIR. You add these two guys. Jake Muzzin comes back for playoffs. All of a sudden, you have Klingberg, you have Muzzin, you have Riley, you have Babushkin, you have Sandin. You have a really good defense. And you put Pavs on the left side, 
for that second line and you have Tavares, Willie Nylander, and Joe Pavelski, that's a dangerous second line going into the playoffs. You already know the first line is going to match out for whoever they play. They always just kind of wash each other out. If you have that second line humming, you have a third and fourth line we've seen who are somewhat productive. That's where I think they need to make an, make inroads and try to make a trade and upgrade their second line left wing and they need a defenseman. And that answers both of your questions right there. I know that's a pie in the sky trade and Dubas would really have to work it come cap time. If, if Muzzin does want to get back in the lineup early, but man, I think it's just a no brainer. It makes perfect sense. Dallas is not going to compete in the playoffs. They have these two guys. Klingberg doesn't want to be there. Pavs is a UFA. Toronto has two needs right now. And it's exactly those two positions. It's just like a match made in heaven. I don't know why you wouldn't do it. Or would you just say, just squash that and go get a Marc-Andre Fleury and shore up your goaltending situation? I mean, I think the goalie has to be the first thing you do, right? Or at least the primary thing. I mean, to your point, I don't know. If they can get him some rest, go get a Reimer, bring him back to Toronto. Uh, Georgiev, uh, if that's how you say it, out of New York, I don't think that they're going to trade him, obviously, because he's he's they're a playoff contender, but he's been open about wanting a new opportunity, wanting to be a starter somewhere. And I don't think he would be crazy, crazy expensive. Maybe you send Mrazek. To, to New York to be the backup to sister sh- and bring in Georgia if we can play a little bit more um, and maybe, you know, add in a piece or something. Um, Reimer, I think makes sense, but yeah, I, I think you've got to figure out how to get a goalie. And then I don't know it. Toronto doesn't need offense. They don't need, they do. They do. Why? If, if you look at their last month, Tavares hasn't scored at all. Willie Nylander is not producing. Kashe is not an a- answer on their second line left wing. When you go into the playoffs, we've seen it time and again with these guys, Matthews, Marner, and Bunting, if you only have to focus on those three, they will be eliminated and they won't be an issue in the playoffs. Yes, they'll score one goal a game, but they're not going to beat you. And if you go into a seven-game matchup and if you can eliminate Matthews, Marner, and Bunting or just focus all of your defensive attention on these guys, knowing that Tavares isn't going to score, Willie Nylander will be a non-factor, Kashe is not going to do anything, it makes defending the Toronto Maple Leafs so much easier. So they need to have a second line that's a threat. And right now, if you look at the stats, Tavares hasn't scored in a month. Willie Nylander hasn't done anything. Michael Bunting has more even strength goals than Willie Nylander does this year. Those two guys, Tavares and Nylander, are dash seven. Like, they're not doing it. Everybody talks about how great the Leafs are. They're such a high-scoring offense. It's that first line, Tim. The second line hasn't been doing much. So I think they need to shore that up and figure that out because if you go into the playoffs with this lineup as it stands right now, they will lose in the first round. They absolutely will. If you can game plan against Toronto and say, okay, we're going to take away Marner and Matthews, as good as they've been all season long, they, are, they have had great seasons. They've taken massive leaps. I think the Toronto Maple Leafs will lose. If you want to rely on Tavares and Nylander scoring in the playoffs, I would be very nervous going into the playoffs if I were the Toronto Maple Leafs. Okay, but right now they're slated to play Tampa Bay in the first round. And they even, even with the additions of Klingberg and... Um, Pavelski, like you mentioned, yeah, like Tampa matches up really well when you go deep in the roster like that. The difference then is that they have Vasilevsky in that. And like the difference between Vasilevsky and Campbell could not be greater. So I don't know. I don't know what they're what the answer is. If you're if you had to guess, not 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 being John Scott, but thinking about Kyle Dubas, what he's what moves he thinks he needs to make right now, what do you think those are? Well, it just specifically matching up with Tampa Bay, that that's the dragon you have to slay. I don't think getting a high-end goaltender like a Marc-Andre Fleury is going to make a big of a difference as going out and getting a Klingberg into Pavs. You know what I mean? 
I, I do think getting those two pieces makes way more, way more of an impact than getting a goaltender. Jack Campbell is good. He's proven that. He's a good goaltender. He just needs to be supplanted every now and again. You look at Pittsburgh when Marc-Andre Fleury won the cup. He wasn't a starter when they won back-to-back cups. Him and um, who was it went back and forth? Was it who's the guy in Ottawa now or even the guy in Pittsburgh now? They went back and forth. And Murray. they Yeah, they they did not start the whole series, the whole playoff series. So they they did a tandem goaltender in the playoffs for those two Stanley Cups. So it's doable if you bring a guy into Toronto and Jack Campbell, you think he's shaky or you just say, listen, I'm going to give you this game and you that game and they go back and forth. I think that's better for a Jack Campbell. I don't think you need to go out and make a big splash and get a starting goaltender like a Marc-Andre Fleury and pay a bunch for him. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. But I do think, honestly, if they get Klingberg and Pavelski, that gives Toronto a better team than Tampa Bay in my eyes. It has a better first line. It has a better second line. And their back end is better than Tampa Bay. Even though Tampa Bay does have headmen, they got Ryan McDonough, they got Sergachev. I think top to bottom, if you put those guys on Toronto's roster, they outmatch Tampa Bay any day of the week, even with Vasilevsky between the pipes. That's just my opinion. Because Toronto does have a good fourth line in Spezza and Simmons. They got some hard workers on the third line. Kempf is good. Kerfoot can get up and down the ice and make a difference. And their back end, if you put Klingberg, with Morgan Riley or TJ Brody, get Justin Hall out of there. That's a really good defense. You got Jake Muzzin coming back in the playoffs. That's a pretty decent top six you have in Toronto. So I don't know. I, I don't think you place all the blame on Jack Campbell for the last month. Yes, he has struggled, but you, you can't just throw the baby out, the ba- baby out with the bathwater. I think he has proven the first couple months of the season that he is a really good goaltender. Like I, I would not give up on him just yet. Like you would. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder what uh, any Leafs fan listening to this, give us a tweet or a comment. I'm curious what the what you guys think and what's happening in Leafs Nation right now. Is he still your guy or are you getting nervous about this? You're, you're definitely nervous. You're, you're keeping a close, close watch on it, but you don't just give up just yet because he had a, he had a bad couple of weeks. It happens, you know. Maybe he does need to take a break, get his body back in form. Maybe he does have a little nagging injury we don't know about, but you can't just like, okay, Jack Campbell, you're done. We're going to give up on you. He got them to this point. Toronto was playing terrible hockey, not terrible, but really bad hockey the first month of the season. And he was still piling up wins for him because he was playing lights out. They would win games and he would have 42, 42 saves on 45 shots, 44 shots. So, all right, enough Toronto Maple Leafs talk. What do we, you love Jack Hughes. I do. You love him so much. Him and his brother. I don't know what it is about you. Why do you love these guys so much? I don't love them. I just think they're really good. And every agenda, he always tries to get a Hughes on there. And I just X him out all the time. And now I look again, no Jack Hughes. We're talking about Jack again because he's got nine points in four games. All right. What, what do we, who are we comparing Jack Hughes to now? Is he Wayne Gretzky? Okay. Here's yes. Nine points in four games. He was injured. He he missed, he missed a few games. He got injured, came back and has been lighting the world on fire since he got back. Um, He's listen. He's a guy right now who's got 36 points in 32 games. He won't play a full season, but that's about a 90-point pace. He's 20 years old, maybe 21. I think he's 20. Might be 19. I don't even know. I'm going to look it up. But he's, he's definitely not 19. Which is – this is his third season, right? Yeah, he's Look 20. it up. He's 20. He's 20. Okay. Um, I think he's in for a major breakout. I think it's already happening, but I think he could be a 100-point player as soon as next year. A la Nathan McKinnon, the way that he You're broke insane. out. You're absolutely no, insane. No, I'm not. Listen, I mean, the, the big difference is he wasn't playing. He's not playing on a juggernaut like McKinnon was with Ranton and Landeskog and all those guys around him. But 
But Hughes, literally, he's on pace for 90 points this year. It's not unreasonable to say he's going to get 100 next year. I think he's going to be lights out. I think he's, yeah, very much like Nathan McKinnon, who's who struggled way worse than he did, by the way, the first few years. He's already outproducing his McKinnon's track. I think he can get 100 points next year. I really do. Not a chance in the world. Want to bet breakfast? No. Not a chance. I know. I will bet anything. The main reason is Jack Hughes plays with Dawson Mercer and Igor Sharangovich. Yeah, Sharangovich. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, he's just, he's the second coming of Landis Scott and his Mercer the second coming of Rantanen. There's something to be said about being a talented player. Jack Hughes is a very talented player. He's proven it. Was he the first or second overall? Like he's first, he's yeah. he's a very good hockey player. There's very few Jack Hughes that comes across the NHL. He just great hands, has a nose for the puck. He, you need to have guys around you to to raise your level of play. You really do. And we saw that with Nathan McKinnon in his fourth season coming in. You mentioned he wasn't you know the the player he is now. He wasn't the player coming into his fourth season that he was, but. He got a chance to play on the first line and he just absolutely lit the world on fire. As you'd like to say, he got 97 points in 74 games. He led the Colorado avalanche. They just, he was unbelievable. The next year he gets 99, 93 after that 65 and 48 after that. And this year he's going to get hundred points for the first time in his career. That's Nathan McKinnon. Jack Hughes is not Nathan McKinnon. I'm just spelling it out there right now. There's no chance he gets 100 points next year. Maybe he gets 90. Maybe he gets 98. Maybe he gets 99. He's not going to get 100 just based off of his level of comp- not competition, the guys he's playing with. I'm sorry, Tim. You, you, yeah. you, you're drinking the Kool-Aid with Jack Hughes. This is a young Don't drink team. New Jersey Devils Kool-Aid. Don't this do it. a young it. team coming out that coming up that we haven't even seen what they're capable of yet. And you don't know what pieces they're going to add in the offseason. Maybe they, maybe they add Joe Pavelski. Maybe they bring in Claude Giroux, who's playing on that top line. All of a sudden, he's got someone to pass through and dish to. I mean, Giroux's not a finisher, but, you know, like any of these guys, JT Miller, Brock Besser, like maybe they add one or two of those guys at, in the offseason, and all of a sudden you got another year of Nico Hershier getting older, stronger. Jesper Bratt, a super underrated player we talked about earlier a few weeks ago. He's been basically a point-per-game guy all season. This is no. this could easily they could easily go out and get those pieces and surround him with talent to be to be a hundred point guy next year. He's got no. that he's got the pedigree for it for sure. Why? What's his pedigree? First overall pick, the talent, the talent. I mean, he's, he's got, got the, the talent. talent. No one's going to New Jersey. Nobody. Why would you go to New Jersey? They're the last place team in the metropolis. Metropol- I hate saying that name. The Metro Division. They have to play every single night. Washington, Rangers, Pittsburgh, Carolina, Columbus, Islanders, Philadelphia. If you are a star in this league and you want to go win a Stanley Cup, you want to have success, why would you go to New Jersey? They have a terrible arena. The city's an absolute dumpster fire. There's nothing to do in New Jersey. When I used to go to New Jersey, you know know what they used to tell us? Our our team, our GM, our coach, our, our PR guy, they said, don't leave the hotel. Please don't leave the hotel because you will get robbed. They told, they told us about that going to Detroit, New Jersey, uh, the Islanders. It's just, it's just stay in the hotel and get food bring, brought in for you, please. And I don't know if things have changed in the last three, four years in New Jersey, but no one's going to New Jersey okay. to win a Stanley Cup. I'm telling you that right now. If you're 24-year-old Brock Besser and you're getting like a six, seven-year offer from New Jersey, you know, you're saying you wouldn't consider that? If I'm a 24-year-old Brock Besser, I'm not going to New Jersey. 
Why would you do that? I just, I just told you why. If they're giving him the most term and the most money, why wouldn't he consider that? Because I respect myself a little bit to not go to there. It, it, first of all, Brock Lesnar's 25. But it's, um, it was a birthday three days ago. Happy birthday, Brock. Um, hey, happy birthday. You have to look at just quality of life. You have to look at the grand scheme of things. Brock Bester makes $7.5 million. He's made a lot of money in his career. Do you think he's going to just take an extra million bucks to go play in New Jersey rather than go to a city like Nashville or Chicago or even stay in Vancouver where he's going to be making, oh, I'm only going to make $8 million a year instead of $9 million. But I'm going to have to live in New Jersey. And I'm going to have to suffer through losing seasons because look at my roster. Oh, I got Jack Hughes. That's great. Look at everything else I have to work with. It's not a great team. It isn't. The pieces are somewhat there. They have okay, you know, pieces here and there. They don't have a goaltender. Their back end is suspect. Yes, they have Dougie Hamilton. After that, friend of the show, Ryan Graves, he would admit it himself. He's not having a great season, but I don't know, Tim. You just need to get off the Jack Hughes Kool-Aid. It really, it's not working. It's not working, but we'll see. Maybe they'll surprise me. I picked them to win the Stanley Cup like three years ago, I think. It's just... How the how the mighty have fallen. But yes, good for Jack Hughes, nine points in four games. We'll look for him to be Nathan McKinnon then here on out, right? Is that is that what we're saying? He's already doing it, right? In the small sample size. <laughs> 36 and 32 this year. Why is it okay to have a small sample size with Jack Campbell and get rid of him? But a small sample size with Jack Hughes is like, oh, he's Nathan McKinnon. We got it's different. It, it, it's Nathan, different. It's the, different. Math, the math doesn't work out. It's it's different. It's because you just love Jack. Imagine if we got him on the show, how red you would get. Oh, Jack, Jack. Okay. Oh, That's enough. Speaking of another person you love, Mo Sider, just having an unbelievable, or do you want to talk about Jack some more? Uh, yeah, like maybe just two more minutes on Jack. Okay. This, you finish it off. <laughs> what what <laughs> else kidding. would you like to say on Jack? Let's talk about Mo. Mo, Mo, Mo. I need Mo Mo. Now, this is a guy I, I can get behind Mo Money, Mo Problems. This guy, after we had him on the show, we had a lot of people, a lot of feedback saying, what, who is this guy? What, what is he doing? Is he going to make the NHL this year? Well, guess what? The guy has made the NHL. He's on pace for 60-plus points this season. He's had highlight reel games, highlight reel hits, goals. The guy does absolutely everything. I, I watch highlights of this guy all the time. I love watching him play. He plays the game the right way. He plays it with an edge. He doesn't fight. Like he said during our podcast, he's like, I don't fight. I'm not going to fight. I'm going to bury guys. I'm going to slash guys. I'm going to be harder to play against. And when they try to fight me, I'm going to skate away. He said that. And he's been a man of his word. He has buried people. Absolutely just destroyed people. There have been guys coming up trying to fight him. And Mo just skates away. He goes to the bench, sits down. He's like, all right, I'll do it next shift. He's not afraid of anything. He's been playing fantastic. He's, how many minutes does he get a game tip? Uh, just under 23 minutes a game and he's playing top line minutes. Obviously he's killing penalties. He's on the power play and he's doing all of this, including 60 point pace on a team that's below 500. You know what I mean? So like this, these are not easy minutes that he's logging and he's doing it really well. He's playing like a five year veteran at least. And he's, he's, I think 19 years old, which is just crazy. Yeah. They, they heaped a ton of responsibility on this guy. Like this was Steve Eiserman's guy. He's building this franchise around Moritz Sider. As bizarre as that sounds, this is Steve Eiserman's whole redevelopment. If Mo Sider doesn't work out, it really sets them back a big chunk because he went out on a ledge. The, the Detroit Red Wings, it was a sixth overall pick, I believe. Something like that. 
And they picked Mo Sider and everybody was like, who is this guy? What is Steve Eiserman doing? We know he was a genius in Tampa Bay. He built that team. He's coming to Detroit. This was his first pick for Detroit. He went all in. He said, I'm going to go off the board. Mo Sider wasn't supposed to be picked to the end of the first round. And when you see something like that, you, you scratch your head like, oh, Eiserman lost on this one. Fast forward to now, a year and a half, two years later, Mo Sider looks like the best player coming out of that draft. He is so incredibly good. He has thrust this young kid from Germany. He's put him on the first power play unit. He's put him on the first PK unit. He plays all these minutes and he is absolutely dominating. And I love Nick Letty. I love Danny DeKaiser. I love Mark Stahl. He's not playing. He doesn't have a Hall of Fame defenseman riding shotgun with him, trying to te- you know teach him the way. Nick Letty is a great defenseman. Don't get me wrong. I'm friends with Nick. I, I-, I trained with him in Minnesota for years and years. He's not very outspoken. He he, he will you'll barely know he's in the room. So it's not like Nick Letty's taking Mo Sider aside and be like, hey, you know, let's do this and this and this. You should have done this year. He's doing it all on his own. And for those of you who think Nick Lidstrom's working with Mo Sider every single day, no, he's not. He's sipping champagne up in the press box. So I don't know. Is this guy the Calder Calder Trophy winner, Tim? And actually, another question, should he be in the consideration for a Norris Trophy? Um, he's, he's gotta be the favorite. He's a clear favorite right now. And if, and if nothing changes, he, he'll win the, the Calder trophy for all the reasons that we just mentioned. He's putting up, I think as many points as, as really any of these guys, Zegers, uh, Mason Raymond and our, sorry, Lucas Raymond, and even bunting in Toronto is, is getting some top chatter now, but cider is far and away the best one for all those reasons, being a defenseman and, and logging those heavy minutes. I don't know that he's a Norris. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a vote. Um, and he's probably top 10 in Norris voting, but, no, he, he's not a serious Norris contender yet, only because they, they're going to look at more points and they're going to look at um, the the top teams, the Headmans and Yossi's, the teams that are the usual suspects, Makar. But regardless of the Norris voting, do you think if you look at overall game, not just offense, not just popularity, do you think most Sider's a top 10 defenseman already in this league? Ooh, that's a tricky play. Um, today, I think he would be – on the bubble of the top 10, because there are some good defensemen in this league. We, we can't just, you know, eliminate what all these other great defensemen are doing. The Yossi's, the Hedman's, these type of defensemen, but boy, oh boy, he he's very, very close. You know, don't look, you know, next year. I, yeah, he's close. What do you think? Is he top 10? I haven't done a list in front of me. I mean, if he is, he's nine or 10, but he might be. And certainly, like, if, if you're looking at defensemen you want to build around for the future when you factor in age and, and contract and all that, he might be number one. If he's not number one, he's certainly top three. Because you got to look at, like, McCarr and Fox and those guys and give them their due. But most cider, those guys aren't laying out hits like he is. You know what I mean? And he skates really, really well. So I could say, yeah, I wouldn't be – I wouldn't argue against anyone who said he was top ten defenseman already. I don't I – don't, I think it's totally fair. If if you had to take one player right now, who are you taking, Quinn Hughes or Mo Sider? Sider. Really? Over Quinn Hughes? Yep. I'm going to tell Jack that. I don't think he's going to be happy with you. What about a Fox or a Sider? Uh, you got to go Fox. Okay. Yossi or Sider? Right now? Right now. Yossi. No kidding. All right. Yeah. If, you could make a strong case for Mo Sider being a top 10 defense right now in the NHL. Yeah. I think he is. I really do. Based on his, and he's only getting better. I know. I know we're on the most cider just just slobber train right now, but he's he <laughs> he's has hungry. so many he has so many tangibles that the top defensemen don't have right now. A Kale McCarr, Kale, I I would 
venture an argument that most cider impacts the game more than a camel car does. Just based a- on the total game. It's a 60 minute game. I know McCarr, he he's dynamic when he gets the puck. It's just unbelievable. He could go down as the best defenseman of all time. At this point, Mo is very close to being as impactful as he is. Just, just a whole body of work. He hits, he plays PK. He does play power play. He's not as offensively gifted as McCarr, but it's coming. He's, he's a bigger dude. He plays better defensively. Like you watch him play a one-on-one versus a top guy in the NHL. Most, most shuts him down on a bad Detroit team. And Detroit's not that bad. Most side is plus one. That's really, really hard to do on a team that's sub 500 who gives up a lot of goals. They give up 10 goals for Pete's sake the other night to the Toronto Maple Leafs, and he's plus one. So I don't know. He like, is he, he's, he's in the conversation right now. I, I would, yes, put him in top 10. That, that's, I'm, I'm saying it. You throw a puck in the corner and have Cider and Makar go chase it. Makar is the one coming out with that puck. Do you think? No, I don't. Wait, I, I, meant, I meant Cider. I've said McCarr. I meant Cider. Cider's the yeah, one coming out with that puck. If that you size throw it at center ice and they race McCarr, they have different different assets. Like McCarr is a small, fiery, just really short burst defenseman who can just go, 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 go. Cider is a strong, just bull out there where he just he imposes his will on players. He's very hard to play against. You watch him play. He's physical. He uses his size. He uses his body. He's only going to get stronger. He, he's a good defenseman. This is this is a steal for Steve Eisman and the, and the Detroit Red Wings. They, he's the reason Detroit's going to be a good team in two years. They're, they're an okay team right now. In two years, this team's going to be a Stanley Cup contender. Mark my word right now, especially if Lucas Raymond continues to develop like he does. Dylan Larkin is having a strong season. Tyler Bertuzzi is playing really, really well. They have a good team. They just need to get rid of some of the trash. And trash, in a sense, is their bad contracts. The Kaisers, Stahl, Letty, these guys. Move on from those old contracts get some young blood in there, get some young guys who can keep up with these Larkins and Raymonds and Bertuzzi's and all these likes. And they're going to be a good team, Tim. They're really going to be a dangerous team. And it's led by Mo Sider. He'll be the captain of this. Wow. Larkin's going to be there for a long time. You know, what's good in Detroit, Detroit style pizza. You know where I get my pizza from these days, DoorDash, a nice Detroit style with the sauce on the top. It's delicious. If you're ever in the Detroit area, pick up your phone, Dial up DoorDash, order yourself some pizza. Because like I said, it's kind of iffy to go out in Detroit these days. I got a funny story about getting mugged in Detroit. Well, it wasn't me personally, but a guy on my team jumps in the cab to go to the rink. The cabbie driver pulls off the side of the road and just turns the car off. Gone right next to the window saying, give me everything you have. No. Robbed them, robbed them point blank. Was just, I think it was um, Christian Erhoff, if I'm not mistaken, when I was with Buffalo. Yeah, wild stuff. Back to DoorDash. That's why you want to use DoorDash. Use our promo code GlovesDDUS if you're in Detroit. If you're in Canada, it's just GlovesDD. You get 25% off, free delivery, and it's just a great company. You guys know I love them. Tim loves them. You guys love them too. Use them. It's a no-brainer. Anytime you want food delivered to your hotel room, your house, wherever you are, they can go get your groceries. They can go get you anything at the gas station. All these companies are joining DoorDash because it's just super easy. Very convenient. They're a good company. Promo code GlovesGDUS if you're in the USA. GlovesGD if you're in Canada. It's a good company. It saves you some money and gets you some food. You're going to do it. Might as well use DoorDash and help us out a little bit. All right, let's do some quick hits here, Tim. Yeah, so I have a stat over the weekend, and I don't know if this is quite updated. I think I saw it on Saturday. It's Monday morning now, but it blew my mind. Since January 1st, 2022, Connor McDavid and Jeff Skinner have the same amount of points. The Oof. same amount of points. And I don't know. I mean, Skinner's been playing pretty well lately. So I, I think it's just as much a, a compliment for him as it is an indictment on McDavid. But that is not what you want to hear as an Oilers fan. No, not at all. 
especially since the Oilers, they need him to win. Uh, I saw something was very, we, we talked a week and a half ago with the Oilers at a four game road trip. Well, they, they finished one and three. I thought they were going to go. Oh, and four. They beat they Florida, did, right? They beat Florida. They, they beat Florida four to three. And here's the thing that I saw, I thought was really striking. Breakfast. Usually, usually when the Oilers win four, four to three, five to three, six to three, whatever it may be, McDavid has three points. Dryan Sino has four points. Those are the guys who kind of just power the ship. Ryan got a hat trick. Derek Ryan. This is not a good thing for Edmonton. I'm sorry. I know they need secondary scoring. I know they need this. Connor McDavid has absolutely disappeared. Absolutely disappeared. The next day they play Sunday. They played the Hurricanes. They lost two to one. Ryan scores again. Where is Connor McDavid? Why is he not scoring? Why is he not putting up points? If I'm Edmonton, I'm in a little bit of a panic mode. If he's got the same amount of points as Jeff Skinner in 2022, that's not good. He should have twice as many points as Jeff Skinner. Edmonton's in free fall, Tim. I'm sorry. They're not in a playoff position right now. They're ninth. They're on the outside looking in. They have their little bump when they got the new coach in Woodcroft. They've come down to earth. They got a lucky win versus the Panthers. I'm telling you, it was it was not a good game. Florida was sluggish in the first period. Edmonton, Edmonton jumped out to an early lead. Florida claw, clawed their way back in, but it's just um, I don't like it. I don't I don't think Edmonton's trending in the right direction, and I do think they will miss the playoffs. And gosh, Connor McDavid, where are you? Where are you, Connor? I don't know. It's it's not good, Tim. Not good. Not good. They, um, they're still six and four in their last 10. Though. I don't know if they're say turning. Well, they the went run. five in a row versus five dumpy teams. So yeah. yes, they're six and four, but you, when you play junky teams, you're expected to win and junky. Yes. The Pacific stinks. So when they play the Anaheim's, the LA's, the San Jose's, you should beat those teams in the auto. Those teams are all ahead of them, by the way. You're right. Cause Edmonton's dumpy too, but they're better than those teams. So they have to beat them. If they have any chance of making the playoffs, they went on the East coast road swing and they played some real teams and they're coming back one and three, licking their wounds. So that's just a, a nice slap to reality. Oh, okay. We're still the Oilers. We're still not very good. Our goaltender's terrible. Our defense is suspect. And we really, really rely on our first line a lot. And when Connor McDavid's not scoring, we are in trouble. We get, we get a phantom amazing win because Derek Ryan scores a hat trick first in his whole career. Somehow, some way gets goals five, six, and seven in one game. And we win ma- magically. If that doesn't happen, they lose and they're 0 and 4. And it's just like, oh, never mind. Back, back to the drawing board. All right, what else? Speaking of front of the show, front yeah, of the show town. Yeah, speaking of dumpy teams, San Jose has really faltered. Um, and they're one of the worst teams in the league right now. They took an even bigger hit over the weekend. Mario Ferraro. I don't I forget how it happened. I don't know if he blocked the shot, but fractured his fibula. Um, and he's out for at least six to eight weeks. That's a typical return for a fibula injury. That's the bone in the back of your leg that's not weight bearing. So hopefully he's not out for too long, but not that it really matters, but still, yeah, friend of the show. You don't like to see one of the, the good young defense friend like him go down to injury for any reason. So, yeah, not, not good for the Sharks. They need to just trade everybody. It's funny. I'm not going to – I was talking with Thomas Hurdle. I'm not going to – all right, well, let's I, – I can't betray his trust. But, yes, San Jose is in a tough spot right now. If you got Mario Ferrara out, just lose all the games, San Jose. Get a high draft pick. Punt, get rid of get rid of all your UFAs, start fresh, try to get someone to take Burns, Vlasic. You can't even trade Carlson right now because he's hurt. Try try to get something in return for those guys. Eat some contracts. You have to. This is not the group you're going to win with. We've said it before. I'll say it again. They have to do something to get out from under those contracts if they have any, any hope of winning in the next five years. 
Because right now they don't. And yes, Ferraro, they need him on on the ice. He's like the one glimmer of hope on this team that they can kind of hang on to. This is a good young defenseman. He's not a 1-2 defenseman, in my opinion. He's a 3-4, but he's still pretty good. I like myself some Mario Ferraro. All right, what else? Um, we saw a cool little thing over the weekend where both uh, two players on the Blackhawks got a hat-trick in the same, guy, the same game, Patrick Kane and Brandon Hagel. It was the first time that's happened for the Blackhawks since 2003 with Steve Sullivan and Eric Days, who I've never heard of. Um, but yeah, cool little moment. They, they, you, you see those, what? Did you say Eric days? Yeah. Are you joking? What? Eric Daze. Okay. I've never heard of him. No, really? Damn. Eric man, Daze. Oh He's like a number 55, big forward, a great hockey player. Eric Daze. He was, he was Chicago's stud for so long. Wow. I'm sorry, everybody. Ouch. <laughs> Tim, Eric days. Yeah, I was, was a little clip. kid at that point. Eric Daza. Yeah, that's true. You were just a little baby, but uh, pretty cool. Patrick Kane, Hagel, hat tricks. You don't usually see that. Very rare. Chicago, you know, if they light it up one game, they, they do have the offensive firepower where they can just let loose. They're just a bad, they're bad. All right, let's finish up with it. I'm glad this is over. Yeah. Sean Avery, they, they put a bullet in his head, thankfully. The dream is dead. He's done. After like, what, four days, he probably skated with the team once. And the coach was like, holy moly, this guy sucks. Like, let's get rid of him. A whole lot to do about nothing. Yeah, I don't really know any more than that. He was released by the Solar Bears, I think, on Saturday, maybe Friday. And um, that was it. All of a sudden, The Rock's not talking to the ECHL anymore. Barnaby's not skating, making his comeback. How do you think this happened? Do you think, you think he did skate and they saw him and he was out of shape? Do you think he bowed out? Do you think it was a PR stunt? to sell something like why do you think this ended so abruptly well i think he had high intentions you know i think he did want to play but then reality you know age doesn't lose and you get on the ice and you think you still got it because you've been skating every week with some old guys in california then it's a little different when you're in the professional ranks in the east coast and he had aspirations of tagging on with the team as a pto in the nhl next year like are you nuts sean avery are you nuts you haven't skated in 10 years like just work on your like work on your like I said it last show I say it again the kid, the guy's not happy so let let's try to give Avery some help because this was embarrassing it was absolutely embarrassing he probably went out and had one skate with the team and the coach was like you can't do it Sean you're 41 years old like no no I might have a chance because I'm not supposed to be good I could go out and just fight guys and maybe make the East Coast just based off of that. You'd be like, John, we're going to give you three minutes a game, and you're going to go beat the tar out of somebody. Done. Okay, I'll do it. That, that, that's the only way I think someone could make it. He's not that type of player. He's got to go out and play minutes. Like He's 41. You're 41, Sean. Come on. Like I, You probably do work out. You probably have a good diet. You're 41. That's all there is to it. You're, for, like, you're 41. You haven't played in 10 years. I guess I'm glad it's over. Matthew Barnaby can stop dying in his backyard almost by doing up and downs, down and back. He did one down and back. It looked like he was like shot. The guy hacks darts. Like I know, I know Barney. Like yeah, that's just not a, not a good look. You know what else is not a good look, Tim? Uh, yes. Lock of the week. Uh huh. What happened? Points bet Friday. Do you have anything to say to our listeners? Which which game was this? It was the Arizona Coyotes. They beat Vegas, right? The Colorado Avalanche, Arizona Coyotes, Friday night, Arizona won three to one. They beat Colorado. Yeah. See, I don't even remember because I think I just, I, I put it out of my mind. Um, but the fact that 
people are if you bet your mortgage on arizona good for you if you bet it on colorado i am sorry but what did i say last time sorry mm-hmm. they beat the vegas golden knights i apologize. I knew it was vegas yeah, yeah yeah um yeah i have i don't know i think i feel like they're out to get me somehow the hockey gods. i feel like you said it's my job now go for it no right. three games I, tonight there are three games tonight we got my favorite team, the Toronto Maple Leafs versus the Washington Capitals. We've got the, the Hughes brothers in action against each other, which you would love to oh, take a pick on, Tim. You were just probably tonight. all over that. And the Bruins and the Kings, three very competitive games. Three games could go either way, to be completely frank with you. Capitals faltering. Toronto, who knows who's going to show up? Are they going to give Jack Campbell the pipes? Bruins, Kings. Kings have been playing really good. Hottest team in the NHL right now. I think they've won five, six in a row. Bruins, since Marshawn's been back, been playing very inspired hockey. I'm going to go with the Hughes brothers. I think Quinn Hughes is going to have a huge game. Jack Hughes is going to continue to produce, but I think Vancouver has too much for the New Jersey Devils. I'm taking Vancouver. I'm pressing it hard. I'm going heavy on them. I don't even know what the split is. I don't know what the this and that is. Take Vancouver over the New Jersey Devils. If you want to parlay that into a three-day three, three day sweep, you're taking the Leafs over the Capitals, and you're taking the Bruins over the Kings. We're going old school, original six, Maple Leafs, Bruins, and we're taking the elder brother, Quinn Hughes, over younger brother, Jack Hughes, in the battle of the, the siblings. So that's it. Canucks, Maple Leafs, Bruins. You can lock it in. I'm going to go 3-0, and and I'm going to ride this baby all the way to the end of the season. I'm going to make Tim cry because... I don't lose, Tim. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. All right, everybody. That's enough for today. We'll talk to you guys on Wednesday. We'll hopefully get an interview this week. I got a couple things lined up with some Olympic gold medalists. Very exciting. So stay tuned. Go and jam us a little five-star support. That helps us out a lot. We'll talk to you guys on Wednesday. Cheers, everybody. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash.